0: All right. What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, I'm here with Alex Adelman, the founder of Lolly. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So we got connected quite recently on Clubhouse, and then I I started looking into everything that you've built and everything that you're doing with Lolly. And dude, I was just fascinated by the concept of what you've built with your team. But for people that may not know what Lolly is, I'd love for you to give them a 10,000 foot view before we dive into it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, we've created the easiest way for people to get into Bitcoin. Um, We've created a Bitcoin rewards company. So all you have to do is shop as you normally would at over a 1000 different merchants. And we give you Bitcoin when you shop at those merchants. Uh, So yeah, we we keep it really simple. Um, We try to make it as easy as possible to get into what we believe is the future uh, reserve asset uh, of the entire world. And uh, we think that it's, not accessible to everybody. So we're trying to remove that barrier to entry um, and just give Bitcoin to the whole world.
0: I love it. And um, I actually, I had Tyler Winklevoss on my podcast recently and that whole interview went sort of viral, right? Because I had him on in December and now it's, we sort of caught it with the rally of Bitcoin. But nowadays, everyone's talking about Bitcoin. I've known about Bitcoin since 2017 and um, I've always found just the whole industry so fascinating. When did you find out about Bitcoin and when was the idea for Lolly created?
1: Yeah. So, so they, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of um, are like a culmination of their life experiences. Right. Uh, so your short answer, I learned about Bitcoin in 2013. Um, I think that was sort of like the, one of the first waves of like the mainstream kind of coming in, but it actually like, when I talked to friends that have you know stumbled upon it and for different reasons, uh, it hit me in a very different way, I think, in 2013, because of what I was building at the time and, and what my, my like, life's mission uh, at the time and, and still is um, today. So what we were creating with our last company, which we started in 2011, was this e-commerce gateway. Uh, our, our whole goal was to democratize commerce. How do we give everyone in the world the ability to buy and sell anywhere? And that may not seem like that foreign to date, you know, 10, really at 10 years later, back then like you couldn't just go like buy anything anywhere like even (laughs) commerce was like really clunky you'd have like a clunky like paypal button at the end that was like the easiest way you could actually buy things and and so we wanted to like break open the entire um internet and just have the ability to see something wherever you were and buy it and so I had deep experience in the payments world. I, I I had been building in payments since I was about 16 wow. and kicked off all these different banks, kicked off PayPal <laughs> uh, for, you know, like, you know, moving money all over the world. And so I always had this frustration from a very young age uh, and being like a kid of the internet where I couldn't move money all over the world to people that I knew and trusted. So in the back of my head, it always sort of like, I was like, why is money so broken? And why does the internet not have a native money? And, and so fast forward a little bit, um, we're building this company where, you know, uh, I'm like, on this mission, and then I hear about Bitcoin. And it just immediately makes sense to me. I'm like, this is this is <laughs> the this is everything that i had been building, but it was native to a currency. And, uh, and then yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it hit me really hard. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible, man. And your last company, Cosmic, um, like how did that journey begin when it comes to starting your first company now that you guys had an exit back in 2015 and then again in 2017, um, where did Cosmic start and what led you up to starting your first company?
1: Great question. Um, And and I think we have like a, you know, probably a great audience of people who are, you know, future entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs, um, just given, I I know your your friends and, and following and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I've been building, um, software and games since I was about 12. Um, my, you know, my parents, um, got a computer for the family and I went from like playing games to like downloading, you know, game maker and these like different studios and basically, uh, almost kind of like, like tricked myself into like learning programming at a very young age. And now there's like so many tools out there for kids to like learn programming, but, Back then, uh, basically, I was like, I don't want to just play the games; I want to actually build them. Yeah. Uh, way, way more fun to build. So, uh, yeah, I, I start. That's how I got my start. And then, uh, fast forward a little bit, I was like, I can make way more money making like platforms and and websites and um, back end systems for people. So I ended up, uh, you know, getting building bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where like my programming skills could not keep up. So then I started hiring people from Ukraine and Bangladesh and uh, India. Uh, all over the world, um, and so then I became more of like a designer, product, you know, person um, and business person because I would be negotiating these deals. And I just realized I could make way more money by by doing like the business side of things, and I just had way more fun on the design and product side. So did that throughout college uh, while studying economics. Um, economics was an incredible um, thing to study for me. Uh, one, I didn't get into the you know my my undergrad business school um, of all things, um, and so it sort of I sort of just, like, wound up taking these econ classes uh, because I really wasn't that sure what I wanted to learn. Um, But economics really set me up to understand how the world works and how the basis of, like, money works, how financial systems, how monetary policy works, so that I knew what to question. So then, like, I got to this point where in my, like, education where I was learning about microfinance initiatives and everything the Grameen Bank, Muhammad Yunus, was doing in Bangladesh – to uh, democratize commerce and access to technology, um, one of the studies that really impacted me was he he did this study where he gave the poorest woman in every village in Bangladesh a cell phone, and the trickle up economics that occurred from this microfinance initiative was absolutely incredible. These women would have these cell phones, and people would flock to them and do business with them, and and there was a trickle up economic uh, effect where. The, the lowest common denominator of, you know, the most uh, poverty stricken uh, individuals could then bring up their communities from the very bottom. And, and so I think the study is actually still ongoing, but it's a, uh, it was pretty conclusive that, that it was like, that is net good for the world. And when you can give people access to something that they don't have, it's, it's pretty much net good for everybody. Um, and when you can open up those channels through something like a cell phone or th- through something like the internet, Um, that's, that's a good thing. And that connection with, uh, between people is net good for the world. So, um, if you had any doubts about the internet or (laughs) how good it was for the world or how, how amazing it could be for connecting, uh, disparate groups of people, um, you know, with these almost like fake borders around us, like that was, that was sort of uh, the thing that really like resonated with me. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I was, you know, I, I had an experience in very little experience in economics and a lot of experience in building technology. And so I was like, okay, what do I want to bring to the world? What do I want to do uh, to, you know, leave my mark on the world? Um, and so I just kept coming back to this idea of why can't I buy and sell everywhere? Why are there so many middlemen? Why are there so many barriers? Why, like, why? So um, I, I just like ran out like a madman after this idea. We, I went through like five, you know, CTOs, chief technology officers to actually like, you know, find someone who could actually build this thing. Um, right. I, you know, went out to uh, Las Vegas on a flight that like I could barely afford. I had like uh, a, an iPad that I later returned to Apple. Just I was just uh-huh. like, you know, in total bootstrapping mode uh, to kind of make this company work. Um, and uh, lots of stories about like the creation of it. But fast forward a little bit, we ended up getting a ton of uh, the biggest merchants in the world on the platform. Um, created a real business. Started making. Um, a good amount of money, and then everybody started talking about the buy button. Everyone was like, "The buy button is going to be everywhere, and <laughs> this is the company that was leading it." And and so then we started to get acquisition offers, acquisition interest, and we ended up going with our um, our biggest customer, which was Pop Sugar, to come in power 1.2 billion in retail revenue running through the shop style platform. Um, and yeah, that was our first acquisition.
0: Yeah, that, that's incredible, man. How long was that process from? starting bootstrap mode to acquisition
1: Uh, about five years. Okay. So, and, and, and I think a good, um, lesson I think for everybody is it was that, that whole journey is it (laughs) five years doesn't seem like a lot. Right. Um, but it was totally backloaded. Like the first (laughs) three or four years when I really when if if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, nothing happened. Like there was like little wins every six months and like things that kept us going, or I would like, you know, figure out some sort of deal to like keep us alive or something, but it was like an absolute, like, you know, mess and really, really difficult company to build. Um, And then it was, it was all about like sticking it out and, and like basically being, being alive long enough for the world to realize what you were building was the inevitable future to the point where they assigned value to that future. And then we got acquired.
0: Dude, that's amazing. When you got acquired, um, what was that feeling like? What did it teach you? And like from that moment, where was your head at? Like, what were you ambitious to start the next project right then and there? Did you sort of take a step back and reevaluate like what you want to do with your life? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Like they want to get to that point and they want to see what that feels like. And everyone has a different experience with that. So for you, like what does the exit mean to you? And what was you, what were you looking forward to from that point on?
1: It's a good question. Um, I'm way more mission driven. And like, I, th- then, then I am like, I, like yes, I want to make all the money in the world. And I want to because I know that with that money, I can do good, I can yep. I can build something bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you know, you, you look at people like Elon Musk, who like, yep. if he didn't have he didn't build PayPal, he wouldn't be building Tesla and, and SpaceX. So, yep. I am in, in no disillusionment that like, having more money, you can do more. Uh, you can build more, you can have more fun, um, and, and, and leave it, you know, make, make a bigger impact. So, um, I, I would think I, I, if, if I was if like, go back to that like moment, yes, it was awesome. It was like, you know, very validating. Um, I remember being very excited about the acquisition because of how much we could build and grow within, we had like a three year earn out. So in no way was it like, yeah. you know, here's all our technology and leave. It's like, we had some really big goals. And we actually grew about 10 X post acquisition. Wow. So we, we got acquired and we like, there was this moment where I was like, okay, like I need like a week to chill. I had, been like, <laughs> I had been grinding for like, you know, hundred hour weeks for like, you know, four or five years at that point. Yeah. And, and so it was, I mean, it was, it was hard, but then we, we got like remotivated right back into it, uh, grew about 10 X. And then we got acquired again by a bigger company, um, which, you know, full circle, biggest cashback company in the U S many parts of the world. Rakuten they came along and saw the work that we were doing with pop sugar and we're like, Hey, we want that. So we got acquired again and uh, by a bigger company Rakuten and Rakuten really like, I mean, I learned so much there from like Rakuten proper with, you know, the Japanese headquartered offices, you know, we worked with the corp dev team uh, there and then um, also, you know, Ebates at the time, which was the U S entity and learned all about cash back and rewards And everything from inside the biggest, you know, cashback company in the US, which, you know, in hindsight, if that had never happened, if we had, if we hadn't hustled, if we, if we sort of just said, okay, like, we're just going to like, you know, just kind of go with the flow (laughs) at this first acquisition, we most likely would not have been acquired by the next company or would have just, you know, folded into, into the, you know, pop sugar or something like that. But it's sort of a good lesson of just like, you know, do what you feel and and keep going and, and do what you're actually like you know, set out to do. Uh, and so, yeah, we did, we just didn't stop, you know? And then at, at Rakuten, you know, we worked just as hard. Um, we were a little misaligned. I think, you know, the CEO that bought us left, they had different directives, um, basically, you know, didn't work out as well as, you know, the first one did. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, they, they have our technology with fast forward or now they were amazing. Um, and, uh, no hard feelings or anything, but it was actually like a, a blessing in disguise because a year after, you know, we parted ways And then I was like, okay, uh, the best advice that I was given was take actual time off this, you know, like (laughs) like really take time off and, uh, you will be amazed with what your brain does. So I'm the kind of person who like, can't take, you know, vacation, can't take time off. I need like, I need constant, like I need to constantly be like doing something, building something. It's just like my personality. It's what makes me like actually happy. So, um, I took some time off. You know, did the whole thing, traveled the world, went to Japan, like you know, <laughs> like it. just made art, um, and and got back to a lot of my like root of creation, like you know, moments that that also make me very happy, with, like different types of building, different types of creation, and really just kind of like reset my brain in a big way. But the thing that I kept coming back to was like I had got you know I'd gotten into Bitcoin 2013, right? Yeah, and the, a lot of people don't know this but I actually tried to actually turn Cosmic into a Bitcoin company because I went. To, I was like, oh my God, this is the inevitable future. Yeah. I took it to every one of our merchants and I was like, hey guys, why aren't you using Bitcoin? This is like the most incredible technology in the world since I've seen since the internet. Why aren't you using it? And every single one of them was like, If the timing's not right now, we can't accept it. We wouldn't even know what to do with it. We'd have to go set up a whole treasury department. And then on the other side, the consumers didn't actually even want to spend it. So it was like my first foray in seeing like where Bitcoin was going to be adopted and where it wasn't. And then, and then, so we, we kind of go back where where I'm at Rakuten and I'm like, oh my God, Rakuten (laughs) would be the most incredible way to distribute Bitcoin to people. And I told them this and they were like, no, it's too forward. Like we can't do that right now. We have a bunch of other stuff we got to do. So I was like, okay, this is clearly not going to be a fit to build in- internally. Yeah. So parted ways ended up um, um, just coming back to this idea of like, this is, this is everything that I've wanted to do for the last 10 years. And let's go build a, the biggest, you know, Bitcoin back company in the world as a way to distribute Bitcoin to people through the exact same model as Cashback, which we know better than anybody in the world. Yeah. So yeah, basically got the dream team back together, called up all my old team members. Really? um, Yeah. And then everyone's like, let's go. So (laughs) like we, we started building and, and I, yeah, the last three years have been unbelievable. That's incredible. Um, Most fun I've ever had building. Unlike the last company, way less of like, you know, banging your head up against a wall, hoping it turns into like a door. This one, this one has been like, like way more just like product market fit very early on people yep. want this thing i mean people want free bitcoin right it's yeah, the two yeah. magic words in the english language and really every language right now like free bitcoin who does not want free
0: bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> i love it have you guys seen just even the past 3 months like significant growth with the this rally of bitcoin going from 20,000 to 50,000 because i'm sure a bitcoin focused company is just getting way more eyeballs but like can you talk about that like what is the last Couple of months looked like for you guys at Lolly.
1: Absolutely, um, yeah. The last the last few months have been crazy. <laughs> um, we've been we've grown. I think we've grown more of the last three months than we have over the last like prior two and a half years. I would say wow. it's uh so. We're just seeing. That's insane, incredible, man! Congratulations! Insane, thank you so much. Oh, it's a whole team effort too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we we are growing like crazy right now, and l- largely, you know, it's because you know, people want Bitcoin now more yeah. than ever. Uh, they're like, it's not a fad, right? With now, the, like very few people in, in actually saw the, two, the run-up in like 2013, 2014. A lot of people saw the run-up in 2017. But it takes multiple impressions for someone to actually like do something, right? Yeah. <laughs> whether that's clicking an ad, whether that's like, you know, going to a restaurant. Like you have to kind of hear something a few times to, to actually know what it is, especially when you're dealing with money. Yeah. So 2017, everybody in the world, almost everyone in the world hears about it. And it's like, okay, this is something you, most people chose not to adopt it at that point, largely because it was like still really hard. This time everyone's like, oh my God, I need some Bitcoin (laughs) and I just need, I need to find it. And most people, even though like we, we like, we love Rob, you know, things like Robinhood and public and these like investing apps, most people are not investors. And, and even more so most people are not day traders. Yeah. So the daily interactions that you'd have with Bitcoin are actually very few and far between. So now they're, they're looking at it and they're like, okay, I, I shop every day. I'm, I'm swiping my card. I'm like, you know, shopping online, going to eBay. I'm going to, I'm shopping on Postmates or ordering on Postmates. Like eat or like Lolly just makes so much sense <laughs> to so many people. Yeah, and totally. so, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm going to shop for these things anyway. Why not shop at Lolly Merchants uh, uh, opposed to like non-Lolly Merchants? and earn Bitcoin while I'm doing something that I was already going to do.
0: I love that. It, it, it's so cool because like, everyone's making these transactions and spending money. And if, if people get Bitcoin and they don't want to personally invest, they have this alternative which allows them to earn Bitcoin, as you're saying. It's so genius, man. And when you guys had this idea, like, was anyone else doing this? Or is anyone else doing this at the time when you started it?
1: No, no. We were the first. Wow. So it's uh, I mean, when you, when you look at our story, it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, and so, <laughs> and the team and
0: you get it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in, in, in hindsight, like I remember saying, like one of my favorite things is telling someone about Lolly for the first time. And, and you can see, I can see it in their eyes. It's like, they're like, Oh my God. It's one of those ideas where it's like, I wish I thought of that, which is a great, you know, a great yeah, thing to have. Absolutely. And it because it also means like, what, as soon as it, like I can say exactly what Lolly is in one sentence and everybody gets it. Yep. And those are the best ideas and the best products because like our, our growth rate is, is, is largely organic, right? Like 55% of our growth is organic over the, over the historic three years, even in a, in a, even in a bear market. So, which basically means yeah. people are talking about Lolly and we can't even track it, right? <laughs> and it's like a good problem to have and a yeah. bad problem to have. People are saying, hey, there's this app that gives you free Bitcoin. Hey, there's this extension that gives you free Bitcoin. And then they're talking about it. And the more and more Bitcoin becomes pervasive throughout society, it's like we always want to be that top of funnel app that everybody uses to get into Bitcoin. And then we go downstream into way more things that get people the ability to have access to more Bitcoin. So, you know, you could imagine, you know, giving people the ability to earn interest on their Bitcoin, giving people the ability to buy and sell Bitcoin, giving people in, 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 in the future the ability to actually pay with stable coins and earn Bitcoin or pay with Bitcoin and earn Bitcoin. So all these sort of um, these products in this path to this inevitable like hyper-Bitcoinization future that we all want to live in. Yeah,
0: very cool. How has the the growth looked like internally when it comes to team? I know that you said you brought on your team from Cosmic, your prior company, and you, get, you had this dream team together again what does it look like when it comes to adding additional team members and growing the internal team? And what do you define as Lolly's culture and just internal structure as a founder?
1: Yeah. uh, Great, great question, Casey. Um, Yeah. So I started this company with my, with my old co-founder, Matt, um, of of my last company. And uh, we looked and talked very seriously in like day one about the type of company that we wanted to build. And all the things we did right and all the things we did wrong with Cosmic. And like, you know, there's, there's, when you look back at like building anything there, I mean, you can be hindsight 2020 and you can yep. say, you know, yes, at the end of the day, we had a win, but we also wanted to go way bigger. We wanted to build, you know, something that was, I didn't want to build something that I had to, you know, sell or wanted to sell. I wanted to build something that, you know, could be, you know, last for generations. And that's very difficult in technology. That's the Holy grail, Right like to build like a Microsoft or a Apple or like a, you know um, you know, something along like something that's going to last forever is sort of the, the battle that I think a lot of people who build in tech, you know, struggle with is that it's a very ephemeral space. You build something and then six months later, you're replacing your own technology with better (laughs) technology. So it's um, when we looked at, at that, we're like, okay, we're really good at building things, right? Like, Like, I I think, I think we have one of the best, like architectural, like minds and product minds, like as part of our, like, you know, like core team, the thing that we like looked at that we were like, absolutely that we did not do wrong, that we loved was when we look back is like, the people were amazing. Like everybody around us, like went into work, worked insanely hard, was like so smart, supported each other, even though we went through some really dark times. And we celebrated together and we had some really good times. So I think when, when you realize that everything you built is in some other person's database that you have no access to, <laughs> you have no impact on, on the thing that you spent at, at that t- point seven years building, Wow! You, you sort of realize the things that are important with building anything, which is the people around you that are building it. Yeah. So that was like a, a very core um, component. Was like we want very similar people and other founders that have built like multi-billion-dollar companies have always told me this. Of like it, the core team will hire people similar people to everybody around you. So when you start with the right team, you will continue to you know build out. It's just it's just a natural progression. Yep. Like people want to hire people that are similar to themselves in personality, intelligence, in uh, ethics and everything. And so with this company, my biggest fear is not having, or like having that core team and then diverging from, you know, what we were hiring for. So yeah, to answer your question, we've kept with a very similar culture. Um, yeah. The culture is very similar. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's exactly what you would think it is. Like, a lot, <laughs> like uh, a lot of people that know me, like really, really well and know Lolly is they say that like Lolly is the perfect company for me because it fits my personality. Like, I love, I'm, I'm a very generous friend. I love giving people things. I love, yep. you know, helping people. And Lolly is literally, it's like a business model that makes money, but you're also helping people earn money, get money. Um, and so the team is very similar to the, the ethos of Lolly. We are extremely hardworking, uh, but we also are very generous and we, we like you know care deeply about Bitcoin education. Uh, We are extremely ethical group of people, high moral character. And you have to be when you're dealing with people's money. Um, And then also like, I mean, we hired brilliant engineers, um, you know, because like our background, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but our last company was like a PCI level one compliant enterprise, you know, SLA 99.9 to the nth degree, you know, technology. Like it was not, it was, it's not, it was not some like fun, cute consumer app, (laughs) but like Lolly sort of is this like, um, it's this beast. It's like it's kind of like a iceberg type thing, uh, where I it's like you that. see, oh good, um, like Lolly's kind of like this, like t- you see like tip of the iceberg, and it's like you see this like fun, cool little app, but <laughs> in the background we're dealing with a, a lot of Bitcoin and like an extreme Hold like financial, you know, system that is like very, you know, complex. So we have you know incredible engineers, um, like uh, you know we, we follow you know all the standard practices of uh, uh, custody solutions uh, for people's Bitcoin. But in the front end, it, you know, it's fun, it's lighthearted and everything. So yeah, yeah that, that's the kind of company we've built and the kind of team we've built as well. I love that.
0: What is your personal thoughts on, um, for example, a company like Tesla buying $1.5 billion in Bitcoin? Is this something that you think more companies will continue to do? Is Lolly looking at this from a, hey, does the company personally own Bitcoin? Because I'm just curious, like you being in the space, how do you see that moving forward with other companies?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, yeah, it's the inevitable future. Um, I think there's clearly like probably people who would disagree with me, but you know, we've, we've been, we've been holding Bitcoin on our balance sheet forever, right? Love like it. we, like we believe in it. We, we can't own as much as Tesla, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, relative you know proportion to our, what we're holding. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, um, you know, we believe in Bitcoin. So we are going to take that belief and, and you know, put our money where our mouth is and, and hold Bitcoin on our balance sheet. And we've been, you know, successful in that. So it. we're not going to do anything, you know, that would put the company at risk um, of, you know, insolvency. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, my job as CEO, what there's a million jobs, but like at the end of the day, we, we can't run out of money. That's like yeah. what every, every good CEO will say is like, <laughs> never run out of cash, never run out of money. Um, and, and so yeah, we, we keep, um, we do keep Bitcoin on our balance sheet. Same as Tesla, same as, um, same as, uh, square. Um, but I I think more and more companies are going to do it. I think one, um, you know, Michael Saylor is a good example, like MicroStrategy. you know, he set out, uh, and, and did this whole conference, which I encourage everybody to listen to and everybody to watch. It's one of the most bullish pieces of media on the internet right now for Bitcoin. He goes to all these fortune 500, you know, CFOs, CEOs, and he tells them, he's like, he's like, look, this is the inevitable future. You can you know, hedge your risk by holding Bitcoin. Um, most of these companies are sitting on absurd amounts of cash, and they're not doing anything with it. And yep. meanwhile, the inflation rate is, is like, you know, spiking. We've got the, the Fed printing trillions and trillions of dollars. So like, what's the smart thing to do? Hold a non-inflationary currency, uh, an asset that like, everybody has access to, and like, this is the inevitable future. So I think, I think more and more companies are going to do it. Uh, Michael Saylor was clearly like the biggest and, and biggest whale to do it. Yeah. But, I mean, my friends who run Bitcoin companies have been doing it all, you know, for a long time. And we've been doing it for a long time as well. Um, and once, once you understand Bitcoin, once you believe in Bitcoin, it's really tough to see the world any other way. It's uh, like I try totally. to not be so dogmatic. But it's like, I mean, there's only 21 million Bitcoin And there is a network effect across the entire world. And if you believe in the internet, you know, you believe in Bitcoin, right? Like the, you need, (laughs) like Bitcoin is the only asset that connects 4 billion people with an internet connection. There's no other asset that does that. Like literally zero. So like you, you pick like what, what currency is that connects everybody through commerce because there has to be something.
0: Yeah, no, I love that, and I appreciate the the thorough breakdown as well for everyone that's that's listening. That may have may might have just ran across Bitcoin recently, but going back to Lolly, um, with everything happening, work from home. I know that you're based in Charlotte. What does that look like internally with your team? How have you guys adjusted to this transition, and what have you learned?
1: Uh, yeah. So we, um, I've been I've been in New York for the last seven years. Um, and building my last company and, and now this company, um, we you know with when COVID hit, um, I I was you know half my teams in North Carolina, half my teams in New York. Um, I couldn't do what I was normally doing, which was going to merchants and bringing them on board. And most yep. of those merchants are in New York, SF, LA, and so New York was like an incredible place to lap, hop around and, and really create be like a hub. Um, yep. But I was already spending a lot of time in North Carolina because. I'm, you know, pretty much still the de facto head of product. So I was coming down to North Carolina you know, quite a bit, uh, COVID hit and I was like, okay, not much I can do in, in New York. Uh, so it makes the most sense to come down to North Carolina with our last company. We were actually very, um, distributed. So I, you know, we're used to communicating remotely and, and it's not really like foreign to our team. So came down for like one more product summit. We got everybody on the same page and we've gone like, you know, pretty much full remote ever since. So um, I'll, I'll be in North Carolina indefinitely. Um, I love North Carolina. I love building here. It's my hometown. Love it. I built our last company here, built this company here. Um, kind of feel like, you know, hometown hero. And um, yeah. I, I, I love I love building here. Uh, there's so much engineering talent. There's so much, uh, you know, awesome support talent. Um, I miss, you know, New York. and miss going to like restaurants, but, you know, New York is not the same right now. And uh, I, I, my dream would be to, you know, split time between you know, North Carolina and New York once COVID's over. Um, but yeah, our our team operates really well remote. We've, we, I think the biggest thing and biggest advice I would give to anybody who's gone remote is like, you have to get really good and very creative with communication and over communicate everything. Um, but if you're being honest, you have to do that anyway in most companies or you fail regardless.
0: I love it. Well, last question now before we wrap up and that is just what are you most looking forward to moving into the future and what should everyone listening um, do to stay connected with you and your team and to learn more about Lolly?
1: I'm really pumped for this mobile app. Um, we, we've been at Chrome Extension for the last three years and, and had a lot of success there and now we're, we're clearly, you know, breaking into, into mobile. So, yeah, everyone download the mobile app. You can earn Bitcoin every day. Love uh, it. Hit that, hit that loot box on the daily stacks. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I think our Twitter is actually like the best way to like keep updated on like all the fun <laughs> things going on. You know, we share like all the Bitcoin memes, a lot of Bitcoin yep. education, a lot of product drops. We give away free Bitcoin. It's like no brainer to, to, to follow it at this point. Um, yeah. Download Lolly and just like have some fun, get into Bitcoin and do your own research um, books. I, I would recommend, I always recommend, you know, start with the, the, the Bitcoin white paper, uh, the original white paper, a lot of people don't realize this, but it's like only eight pages. Like you can easily read it. Uh, yeah. It's not like I think some people get scared <laughs> because they're like, "Oh my God, it sounds so difficult." Very easy read. You could read yeah. it, like, you know, like thirty minutes or less. Um, then the uh, the next thing I would recommend is reading the Bitcoin Standard. Um, a lot of people like, you know, didn't did not study economics, and even if you did, you probably like, you know, learned a very small portion of economics, but The Bitcoin standard is a really great book. It teaches people about the future of money or it really, the history of money, the future of money. And then it opens up this discussion about what should the future of money look like in a perfect world. So I think a lot of people don't understand money. They, all they think is like, my $1 is $1. I go buy, you know, uh, you know, a pack of M&Ms or something with a dollar. Like everyone just sort of has this idea of what a dollar is worth. And they don't really think about what's behind that dollar. So I think that it's a very important book for the history of the future for, for people to understand their money and then for them to make an educated decision about the money that is as valuable to them. Um, And then, I I mean, look, most times what happens is I'll send people the book, people read the book, they come back and they're like, oh my God, (laughs) I, I get it. Like, you know, where do I get Bitcoin? Where do I buy Bitcoin? All this stuff.
0: Yep. I love it. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And everyone listening, I'll make sure to link down everything below that you mentioned so that they can go check it out.
1: We'll make you a custom ref link for the, the, um, the followers and everything.
0: <laughs> Perfect.